morning and welcome back to Driving Theology. This is Mike and it is a uh, kind of a nice, partly cloudy, but there's some blue sky uh, morning in November. It's Wednesday. As usual, I'm on my way to work and uh, well, keeping my be keeping myself busy by uh, talking to you fine people. Uh, it is election day as we speak. They're counting the numbers in the states uh, and America uh, is uh, uh, putting their blue or their red on and going to the polls uh, trying to decide if uh, whether or not the uh, uh, the scales will tip towards the Democrats or the Republicans. Uh, and so that's going on right now as we speak, and I was trying to figure out what the <clears throat> what the um, connotation would be, what the what the results would be if let's let's say for example if the Democrats take the House and the Senate, what does that mean, right? How does how does President Trump spin that? Um, and he'll try to, right? He'll try to spin that toward his favor, I'm sure, as, as every president would. Um, or will he just puff out his chest, uh, denounce everybody who voted against the Republican Party and, and pout? You know, I don't know which would be the case, but there's no evidence yet that he's gonna that, that he uh, Republicans are gonna lose. I think every anybody who wins, you know, Trump's gonna say it's because of him, and anybody who loses, uh, Trump will say it's not his fault. That seems to be how he does things, but. I, I'm just so reminded today of how ineffective independents are in the states right now. Uh, if you if you don't belong to the Democratic Party or the Republican Party, uh, and you want to vote somewhere else, the scales are so tipped against you that, you know, I, I would think that an independent, getting an independent elected would be somewhere, you know, one in 50, as it is with the governors now. There's one independent governor uh, in the entire United States, and that's in Alaska. Um, and there just isn't any room for people that don't want to toe the party line at this point. Uh, you either need to be a Democrat or a Republican to have any kind of voice, it seems like, uh, in uh, American politics. Um, and what that reminds me of uh, is that early Christians, the Christians that we have uh, uh, records of who, who lived in the Roman Empire, say in the first and second centuries were very very much apolitical they did not involve themselves in the political process uh, they operated as apart from that process they operated in the same world uh, but they didn't uh, didn't feel the need or the call to be involved in the political process <clears throat> and I, I, I you know I'm, I'm just convicted by that. I, I, uh, 
I think when, when Jesus said, render under Caesar what is Caesar's and render under God what is God's, I think we've often taken that to mean something that maybe Jesus didn't mean. You know, uh, Caesar was a political figure, but God is the creator of the universe, the benefactor of the universe. He's the lover of the universe and everything in it. Not, not to mention it's, it's designer, creator, sustainer. Um, it's biggest fan, <laughs> if you will. <clears throat> There's no comparison between Caesar and God because everything's God's. Now, I don't think Jesus necessarily, necessarily was saying don't pay your taxes. Uh, I think that would be a stretch. But also saying that Jesus was saying to be political, I think that's a huge stretch as well. Because whatever Caesar had, um, it wasn't really his. Right? And that's the same with everything. Everything that we have belongs to the Lord and everything we are belongs to the Lord. Um, though he gives us free will to operate. Um, so render under Caesar what is Caesar's. Well, nothing is Caesar's. Uh, nothing is government's. Um, in fact, there, there's a lot in Paul's writings that talk about how how God is involved in that, and that we don't need to worry about it. Like he, he's he's got stuff going on in those realms that he's he's working that system as best he can for our benefit, and that. You know, we just need to go forward and, and do what we think is right. Uh, but I don't think we need to need to be worried or concerned, uh, and especially afraid of what's going on in politics. Uh, you know, right now, in, in in the current political climate, fear uh, is a huge factor. Whether it's fear that our religious liberties are being taken away uh, by um, Democrats or they want to take them away or whether it's fear by the Democrats that the Republicans are going to make the country into theocracy into a theocracy um, fear on both sides is really winning the day um, and that shows you that that God is not to be found there, right? I mean, I don't think the way that you follow Jesus is by being political. Uh, now, I'm not saying that you can't be involved in politics. Uh, you know, if that's if that's your your vocational calling, if if that's a way that that you uh, choose to serve people, uh, then really more power to you. I, I hope that you do a great job and that you're able to, to, to help people in what you do. Um, but that's not the primary way that, that God has called us to be in the world. Uh, and I think the reason we get confused on this is because of a lack of a good uh, comprehensive theology on the kingdom. And thank God that that's changing, that there are men out there who are talking about the kingdom, who are, who are preaching about the kingdom, who are trying to get us back to 
a more robust kingdom-based theology who are showing us that, that this is the gospel that both Jesus uh, and Paul and Peter uh, preached, that, that this is the true gospel, the gospel of the kingdom. Uh, and it, it stands apart from the gospel of salvation, or which is very closely related to the gospel of, uh, I don't know how it's gospel, but uh, the theology of hell, right? The gospel of eternal conscious torment. <laughs> I don't know how that's gospel, but I think some people would include it in the gospel. Um, the gospel of going to heaven, right? Uh, it stands in stark contrast to the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven as it was called <clears throat> in the gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm really glad that people like N.T. Wright, uh, Frank Viola, uh, and many others are rediscovering uh, a more robust theology of the gospel of the kingdom. And many other thinkers and theologians and writers are talking about it. Um, namely, Greg Boyd uh, and uh, uh, Brian Zond. Uh, these guys are, are really involving themselves in this message that that there's something that the the church is to be doing now in this world that it's not doing on a large scale, and you can find that in the kingdom of God. And I and I think that's what the people in the first and second century who were apolitical and yet were, were very active. I think those people were involved in the, in the kingdom of God. They were seeing the kingdom of God go forth. Uh, and there have been people all down through the centuries, I believe, that have been involved in this kingdom. Uh, but at some point, the, the kingdom, the kingdom progress of the main parts of the body of Christ was sidetracked and hijacked by a political agenda uh, which we knew grew into the, uh, the Roman church. Uh, that at some point uh, the church married itself to the political engine of the Roman Empire uh, and thereby lost, by and large, uh, the gospel of the kingdom. Um, and then it became a, a gospel of religion, of following religious rituals and, and things. And there were many, many movements, uh, say from the 3rd and 4th centuries on, that tried to regain some of this. And I think we would call them monastic movements, right? Various monastic movements tried to, tried to regain some of this original gospel. Uh, as well as uh, the Reformation. Right, the Reformation, Reformation movement tried to recapture uh, some of this gospel, but really everything, by and large, failed to take. I think, even though there may have been some of that in the Reformation with Calvin and Luther and others, uh, 
it really became more of the same uh, and and resembled uh, the old religious machinery, the religious political machinery that came before it. I think it probably became a little bit less political, uh, but it remained political. And I think in, in our generation, uh, in this time now, in, in this era, we're seeing that the, the political head of that Protestant wing, we call the religious right or evangelicals or whatever you want to call them, are rearing their head again, uh, trying to become very political. And and the <clears throat> the casualties in this movement are the least of these, right? The people on the margins, the people that Jesus loved and cared about, uh, the poor and the refugee. Uh, and, the, and the problem is the Democrat agenda seems to embrace these people, right? The, the Democrat side seems to embrace these people. But at the same time, they need you to accept uh, abortion. And they need you to accept uh, their LGBTQ agenda. And all of that together uh, for the kingdom to happen, right? And, and, and other things, right? I think there's a probably a big scientific atheistic wing of of uh, the Democratic Party as well that is very uh, anti-religion <coughs> excuse me and so as far as I can tell neither party is embracing the kingdom in the way that the first and second century church did in the way that Jesus and Paul preached. Uh, neither one holds the key. Um, but on the surface, on the surface, the Democratic Party seems to embrace the least of these, and the Republican Party seems to uphold religious freedom. But, but neither, neither package supports the kingdom enough uh, at least for me and I think there I think there are many more people out there uh, who who feel this as well that there's really no good option <clears throat> so what's happened is when when there is no good option well the people have decided many people have decided that well they have to be political they have to be involved their voice has to be heard uh, and this is part of a, a patriotic nationalistic uh, I think bent that a lot of Americans have and feel like they they, 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 they then have to choose the lesser of two evils uh, and that they don't see not being involved in the political process as an option and I think this is a shame I, I, I think this is a th this this is where uh, the biggest problem lies that they ha they feel like they have to be involved that they have to take a stance now, I will say uh, that since 2016, I've been much more political than I've ever been. <clears throat> uh, I really tried to be apolitical for a long time before then. Uh, but there's so many issues that came up with the evangelicals embracing of the Republican Party and the Republicans' candidate in, in President Trump 
that I felt like, you know, I couldn't be quiet on certain things. Um, and so I've been, I've been caught up in that as well. And, I'm, and I don't espouse either the Democratic Party. Uh, and as I watch the election results coming in today, I find myself secretly hoping that the Democrats win back uh, the two houses. Um, and that's because I'd like to see some balance uh, in the political discourse in the states. Right now, the uh, the scales are tipped so heavily, heavily toward the Republicans uh, that I feel like there needs to be a little bit more balance uh, in in the power structure. Even though it doesn't really change anything. But, you know, I, I find myself being caught up in that. But at the same time right now, I know in my mind, in my head, that I really shouldn't worry about it so much. Maybe, maybe I need to just step outside of it and, and uh, <clears throat> ignore it altogether. It's hard for someone like me to do that. Um, to ignore it completely. Uh, but I do know this, that I would never... Uh, I will never declare myself to be a Republican or a Democrat. Uh, I think I think calling myself American is bad enough. Um, if, if I belong to Jesus and I'm a new creation and I am a part of his reconstituting of the, the spiritual nation of Israel, uh, then my, my allegiance, my allegiance needs to lie with Jesus. And because it does, I, I can be loving to everyone while remaining uh, <clears throat> true to only Christ. Uh, and that's really, really where I'd like to be found. Um, but when I, seeing the, seeing so many evangelicals and, and Christians who, who at one time I belonged to, which I don't care to belong to any more of that group or to be associated with them. Uh, seeing so many of them who claim Christ but so obviously put him aside to vote in their their uh, their candidates, that just didn't sit well with me. And I, I felt like in doing that and being in the mission field as well here in Japan, that this really confused a lot of Japanese people. You know, how can how can these people who call themselves Christians vote for Trump? I don't understand. That doesn't make sense. That that doesn't compute. Something's wrong with that. And I had to agree with them. You're right. There's something very wrong with that. Uh, so yeah, I get I get caught up into it. I get pulled into it. Found myself watching CNN this morning. I don't always, but on big election days, I like to pay attention. What's going on? Because it, you know, it matters, right? What's going on? Uh, especially where Christians are throwing their weight. So-called Christians are throwing their weight. Uh, that reflects on the reputation of the Jesus that I'm I'm trying to introduce people to here in Japan it reflects on that it reflects on me as a believer in him and it's difficult for me to explain to them 
that the God that they believe in, who would, <clears throat> who they think would, would care about Trump, uh, is not the same God that I'm trying to introduce them to. They think it's the same God, but they don't know him. They don't know him like I do. And I know that sounds arrogant. Uh, and I, I gotta be careful with that, right? I've gotta be careful, but, um, if you believe that, that Jesus wants to be known, that the creator of the universe wants to be known, uh, then there have to be people on the earth who know him better than others. Uh, can he be fully known in this life? Uh, I don't know. That remains to be seen. But can he be known to a degree that you can ascertain his character traits, that you can know that something is of God and something isn't? Is there spiritual discernment? Right? Can we tell what things are of God and what things are not? Yes, I think we can. I think God has a character that is knowable. Uh, and you may not know every aspect of that character. But if you can't tell God's goodness from the world's badness, uh, then what's the point in any of it? Right? And of course, I've said this a million times, his character can be known in Jesus. If you know Jesus, you know God. To see Jesus is to see God. Jesus only, do, only does what God does. He doesn't do anything else. Uh, and so we know God because we know Jesus. We know Jesus because we find him in the Gospels and because we have been pursuing a relationship with him and growing deeper and deeper into that relationship. Uh, and he has been speaking into us and revealing himself to us in many ways. <clears throat> uh, and that sheds light on uh, the things that we see in the world and gives us the ability to discern what is of him and what is not. Now even the things that are not of him I believe he uses and can use and will use to bring good, but that doesn't mean they're of him. It's a big difference, huge difference. Sorry, I'm pouring some coffee here. Get a little bit in me. Uh, so, not that we shouldn't follow what's going on with politics, but I don't think I don't think there's any religious reason. I don't think there's any reason that comes from Jesus. I think there's a religious reason. I should, let me back that up. I think there's many religious reasons to be involved with politics, but I don't think there are any Jesus reasons to be involved in politics. I think if you opt out of politics altogether, if you choose not to vote or to support any party, uh, I think, I think you are completely supported in that by the person of Christ. Uh, and in fact, I think there's a great danger for those of us who do vote to be found on the wrong side of, of, of Christ. And I think we will be almost in every vote we take. We may be on his side on part of it, but on not on his side on part of it. But, but I do know that with his help uh, and the Holy Spirit that we can make good decisions day by day in our environment, in the, in the context that we find ourselves, uh, we can make 
the right decisions and we can be found to be completely on his side uh, in this or that uh, action that we take. Uh, I think there's, it's very simple to discern the will of God uh, in many areas. Uh, for example, does somebody need help? Is it God's will that I help that person? Yes. It's always God's will that you help somebody. Uh, does that person need love? Should I show love to that person? Yes. It's always God's will that you show love to somebody. Should I vote for this or that candidate? That's pretty tough. I don't know. Which, 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 which one is God's will? Right? <clears throat> Do I know God's will in that? Does God even have a a choice? Does he have a preference? Maybe he's so supremely uh, supremely confident in his ability to work everything out uh, for our good uh, that he's not worried about these individual decisions that are made <clears throat> about candidates and, and borders and uh, laws, right? Maybe he's just supremely uh, confident that there will be people that will that will come alongside all of that rigmarole and the, the three ring circus that it's become and and uh, and bring his kingdom without the help of politics in fact I think the only way his kingdom can truly come uh, is going to have to be uh, without the help of politics uh, in any real way I don't think the kingdom is ever going to bring freedom in Christ. I don't think it's ever going to bring uh, forgiveness. I don't think it's ever going to bring uh, justice. Not for all. It's never going to make America great again. <laughs> Not for everybody. Uh, politics just can't do this. The kingdom can. And the kingdom will. And the kingdom is. The kingdom will do everything that politics can't. It may not happen uh, in uh, the time frame that we wish, uh, but only the kingdom. Only the, the coming and present kingdom of Christ can fix all the things that we're trying to fix in politics. And only the kingdom. I don't think there's anything else. I don't think anything else will do it and can do it. Uh, and I think anything that is doing it if it, if it, if it quacks like a duck, right, then it is a duck. Right? If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, then it is a duck. Uh, any, any place you see that, that healing is being brought to people, then you can say that's the kingdom. The kingdom is coming. You know, that person who doesn't seem to know Christ is showing love to, to another person. Well, that's Christ in them, whether they know it or not. Right? Unselfishness is just not, just not our fallen human nature. Uh, that's been bred out of us. Selfishness is, the, is our, you know, go-to. defer to we defer to selfishness if if we you know don't actively pursue something else so i think i think sure observe what's going on in the political world um 
but at the end of the day, I think Christians, if 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 we want to make a difference in the world, we need to be we need to be the kingdom. We need to be in the kingdom. We need to be spreading the kingdom, uh, and that doesn't come through political rhetoric or elections, um, or landslide wins, uh, blue or red. It doesn't come from any of that. It is different from system of the world. It's completely different from that. So the challenge to myself is to become less political and not allow myself to be caught up in all of this. Um, and I hope that people will, will rediscover the kingdom and to realize that no matter what happens in the Oval Office uh, or in the halls of Congress, Kingdom of Heaven can and will um, fix this world. But you know, even a even a broken clock is uh, right twice a day, right? So politics may, you know, haphazardly make a difference. You know, something may happen. Um, and if that happens, then, you know, great, but I, I can't, I just can't point to anything, uh, in the, you know, anytime politics has really made a huge difference that's, that has lasted. Uh, for example, if you look at the Constitution, you know, the Magna Carta, if you look at the Constitution of the U.S., uh, I feel like the French Revolution, these are all, uh, movements of, of greater uh, freedom, of <clears throat> more equality, right? These are all movements that happen, but, but I feel like they've all moved uh, over time to a place that doesn't necessarily represent uh, the principles that those movements were founded upon, that eventually they became covered up You, you look at the Emancipation Proclamation, which is a great document, it's great words, but how hard has it been to truly, uh, for, for, for the African Americans to truly be emancipated in the States? Has it happened yet? It's a great document, but over time, uh, I think fallen human nature wins political battles. Fallen human nature wants political battles. The kingdom of, of God with Jesus at the helm, which is not a political machine, right? It's, it's a machine of love. It's a machine of reconciliation. Uh, and in that sense, it's not a machine at all. It's a relationship, right? It's an organism that is meant to, to bring life back into this dead world. And it's the only thing that can do it. And until quote-unquote believers in Jesus embrace the gospel of the kingdom, uh, it's 
what we think we seek, uh, which is basically heaven on earth. It just won't happen. It's just not going to happen uh, unless it's done through the kingdom. Now you can you can take your your kingdom and, and, and you know marry it to politics and come out with something uh, you know that that has a little bit of both, but at the end. Uh, I'm afraid that that fallen human nature that's in the political machine is going to uh, transform uh, or let's say deform uh, any life that may have been you know any life that may have existed uh, in the in the political sorry in the in the kingdom part of it it's just it's just not going to turn out well it's, it's corrupt. I mean, by definition, it's corrupted, right? The bloodline is corrupted. It's, it's, it's just not, it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. Uh, so, yeah, <clears throat> I uh, am just getting to my location. I actually didn't uh, plan on being overly, overly political here today, um, but that's just what came out, because it is, it is an election day, so, yeah, it is what it is, I guess, um, but yeah, I, I really want to be less political, I want to be less affected by all this fallen nature stuff, because politics is very much grounded in the fallen nature of human beings. It's, it's what Frank Viola calls the system of the world. Uh, and uh, if you want to read more about that, the gospel of the kingdom and, and how the, the fallen system of the world is, is not to be trifled with, and I suggest his book Insurgents, uh, which I'm going to be reading again. I, I listened to the audio book, but I recently got a paper copy, so uh, I'll be reading that again. Very readable book. Uh, so I hope, uh, yeah, I hope the, the people who, who claim Jesus, uh, as their Lord, uh, will allow him and his kingdom, uh, to be, uh, the refuge in which they place their hope. Uh, thanks guys for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.